Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus All right. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 26 of Cards and Categories. I am Mike Coulard from Razball, joined here as always by my very good friend Jeremy Brewer, also from Razball. Brew, how are you doing tonight? Oh, doing fantastic. Trying to stay warm in all these snowy weather of <laughs> central Illinois. Uh, I'm sure you have it just as nice in that Chicago area, uh, but doing doing fantastic fun news uh news going on in the baseball world to, to get into and i know we got a fun show ahead of us yeah we absolutely do and so um we're going to be joined by a guest for our fantasy portion coming up after we get into some news here and that is going to be with keelan Ballou from rasball she does our ambulance chasers slash injury report for us on the weekends so we're going to discuss al central preview that we figured al central would be a good place to start because these teams aren't making any moves. Well, except for maybe the Royals, I guess, have made a few. But I don't see many more moves coming from this division. So it's going to be a great place to start as we, over the next six weeks, do a division-by-division division preview. And we'll have other guests on as well. So it's going to be a fun little preview season here as we're getting into prime fantasy baseball drafting season. As you know, it's the 10th of January here in 2024 that... Brew, have you done any drafts yet, or when is your first one kind of planned? I'm I'm slacking. I have not done any drafts yet, and I haven't looked at the calendar to see when my first one's planned. Uh, so I am completely slacking uh, at this point. I'm I need to get in. It's probably going to be early, early February before me before I start really really jumping into things. Um, but with the slower off season, I'm I'm trying to push as many drafts as I can uh, a little bit more into March now that. Uh, guys are coming off the board, but there's just a little, still a lot of dust to settle. Yeah, and it'll be a compressed season, too, because there's the Korea series that opens on March 20th. So if you're listening to this and are commissioning, commissioning a league, you're going to have to make the decision if you want to draft after that or draft before and how you're going to get all the schedules together. Because um, I know for the leagues I'm commissioning, it's been quite a little circus trying to get all it together before that Korea series happens. But yeah, let's just get right into the news here. And so, like I said, we're recording here on January 10th, and we just got news that Shota Imanaga, or I, I think that's how you pronounce it, Imanaga? I, I believe I believe so. Imanaga is what I've been going with. Okay, so. that's what I'm going to go with. And so 
He's signing with the Chicago Cubs, going to be just down the road from me playing at Wrigley Field. And it's going to really be the first move that the Cubs have made here this offseason. They had to make it before the deadline for signing Imanaga was the 11th out of Japan. That was like his posting window. So got it in just underneath the wire. And Brew, what do you think about the Cubs being the winner here? Did you foresee him ending up in Chicago? And what do you think this portends for him? Yeah, did, did I foresee it? I'm going to say no. Am I surprised? Also, no. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, he uh, with all the Giants have been going after just trying to draw, like land somebody. Uh, um, it, it felt like they were throwing money around. I just felt like that the fit was was going to be more, more maybe in San Francisco. But I mean, the Cubs have money to spend, and they had literally done nothing all off season. And I have, but they seem like they've been in the running for everybody to a certain degree. So it does make sense uh, for for him landing with the Cubs. Now, I think I, I hate to throw a little cold water on it. I don't know that this is big of a signing as really any of the other big. Uh, news pieces we have. We're talking about guys that's, you know, might not translate as well as Kodai Singa uh, from from a year ago. Um, a somewhat similar profile, but uh, you know, I, I don't know if the comp is is the same. Maybe more of a number three starter. Um, so I, I think that he he's an interesting pitcher. Um, I really think that there's more money to spend uh, this year, so folks are spending it. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out the actual contract itself. seems like we have reports all over the place from a two-year deal to a four-year deal. Uh, I think it's finally starting to settle uh, that really we ended up with a a four-year deal um, with a $53 million guarantee uh, with a fifth-year option that could take it to 80. But where the two-year deal uh, details were coming from was that they have to make a decision after uh, 2025 and maybe 26 to exercise the option for the fifth year. And if they don't exercise it, then he becomes a free agent. So it's like, it's a very convoluted uh, kind of contract that, that uh, couldn't get him that overall escalation. So uh, not surprised at the end of the day, but it wasn't necessarily what I was predicting. So I don't know. Did you have a better crystal ball than, than I did? No, I was just looking up our, when we did those free agency picks at the beginning, because I didn't remember where we had him going. You had him going to the Dodgers. I had him going to the Mets. And so neither of us, did see him going to Chicago. And I do agree that I think that like overall, he's certainly less exciting than Yamamoto. That's pretty well known, but he is, I think a tick below Senga as well, because Senga just posted better numbers in NPB and Yamamoto or Imanaga. Sorry. Um, when I even saw him pitching the world baseball classic this past spring in 2023, it just wasn't quite as electric as some of these other guys that we've been really clamoring for from Japan. So I know that his NFBC draft position is just all over the place right now because he's just signing. And so people didn't know where he was going. And, you know, some people were probably speculating that he would go to somewhere really awesome, like LA even, but some not thinking, you know, he would end up in a great situation. I think the Cubs is going to be a pretty neutralish fantasy spot for him that like it's a pretty good division to pitch in Wrigley I mean as long as the you'll have to watch to make sure that the wind's not blowing out but it's it's a pretty neutral ish park when the wind isn't swirling and overall I think that it's going to be a good place for him to settle with say a Suzuki being there and being able to show him maybe a little bit of the ropes but 
I think that the price will probably rise pretty quickly as I think it's going to look like Yamamoto is going to be pushing for maybe like a top five or six pitcher in drafts. I wouldn't be surprised. And so maybe people are going to transfer some of this love for Yamamoto onto Imanaga and boost his value as well. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that, <laughs> you know, especially with, um, it's almost like, what, what have you shown me lately from these guys coming over from Japan? If there's been success, you assume the next guy can be successful. If there hasn't, you assume the next guy won't. It kind of seems to to translate that way. Um, you know, Imanaga is, you know, he's, he's does actually kind of feel like he fits into that almost Kyle Hendricks mode. He, he's not, doesn't have the, the, you know, great fastball there. Uh, seems to be a little bit more about the control, trying to pick his places. Um, and, you know, he's he's not the the spring chicken that Yamamoto is. He's, uh, you know, a 30-year-old pitcher. So, you know, looking at that mid-rotation. So, again, he's not necessarily going to be a bad pick in drafts um, for, from a fantasy perspective. But there's probably a lot other options out there. And you just, there's a lot of, I'd say, uncertainty uh, with with him coming over. So, uh, definitely interesting uh, was was kind of fun to see him stretch the signing window that he had really all the way down mm-hmm. to the wire and the reports at the end were kind of fun it like <laughs> he's going to the red sox he's not going to the red sox he's going to the giants maybe he is going to the red sox the giants are out there and all of a sudden the cubs signed him like it uh <laughs> i don't know if that was posturing i don't know what it was um but it you know definitely seemed like uh kind of things kind of flew together at the last minute uh to get that that signing worked out yeah, what it was, it was a little bit of a mess that, like, yeah, was, I don't even know how all that works. That obviously we're just a couple of fantasy baseball bloggers that, like, hard, hard, hard journalism like that is, is outside my purview. So I don't even know how that happens. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the other big signing that happened this week, and that's the Dodgers signing Teoscar Hernandez to a one year deal that is most of it's actually deferred till 2030 through 2039 so it's another chance here for the Dodgers to <laughs> be able to make some astute investments to be able to pay for their future salaries and I'm guessing Teoscar Hernandez also wants in on some of that sweet tax avoidance that Otani is picking up so he's not paying the California taxes but this is a great landing spot I think for Teoscar Hernandez that if you've got him in a dynasty situation Maybe he's not going to get the same full set of plate appearances that he might have gotten going somewhere else and certainly saw in Toronto and Seattle previously. But you got to like the lineup around him and what it could do to boost his value as like the Dodgers are really good at just taking guys like this and putting them in spots where they can succeed. You can just look at what they did with old man J.D. Martinez last year that I really like this spot for Teoscar Hernandez and brew. What do you think it's going to mean for his fancy value? Yeah, I, I really, this is about the best possibility for Teoscar. Um, I generally have been out on Teoscar Hernandez, the swing and mess profile, the volatility that he brings um, was concerning. This is, I, I don't, I'm still probably not in on Teoscar Hernandez, mm-hmm. but from a, you know, volume perspective, you know, he's probably going to bat lower in that lineup than uh, he would in a lot of other lineups, but he's going to have a lot of opportunities to drive in runs. You know, he's going to get a chance to score a lot of runs and he's going to have some pretty good protection. Um, now he, he still has a volatile profile that uh, you can find a lot of places, but if you're looking for, 
those counting stats um, a little bit later in the draft. I think he's a guy that, uh, with just being on the Dodgers, can give you those counting stats that you you wouldn't have got elsewhere. And you know, he's still going. I'd say uh, higher drafts that I, w- I, w- I would have expected. I think he's going around pick like one fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's still uh, a little higher than I would be comfortable with, but that's uh, the point. Like, it's still not a better landing spot that he could have had. Yeah. And it, it kind of comes down to that's a fun spot for outfielders. As I'm looking at it in the NFBC data that we have from drafts from I'm looking at the beginning of December through today as we record. And I mean, here's the cluster of outfielders going from 138 to 155 and that is Jackson Churio, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, Teoscar, TJ Friedel, Jorge Soler, Ian Happ, Marcelo Zuna. So you kind of got like some it's a mix of like I think depending on what you're doing earlier in the draft, you know, if you're taking dart throws at Ellie de la Cruz in earlier in the draft, you're probably leaning more towards drafting a Santander or Teoscar around this area. But if you played safer at the beginning of the draft, maybe you are deciding to take Jackson Churio or counting on a Cedric Bones bounce back. So it's a it's an interesting group, but I think it's like exactly the right tier for Teoscar that like I don't think he's going to be climbing too much more, maybe creeping up closer to above Jackson Churio. But I think that's a fair price for him. Yeah, I, I think it's it's fair. I do worry that he is going to start to climb just a little bit, like that just Dodger shine, if you may. Uh, the what could happen? He's going to be, you know, in that powerful lineup, things like that. I think that could uh, raise the draft price a little bit more as we get into the spring. Uh, especially, it'd be interesting to see where he lands in that in that lineup. I think you know, roster resource had him in like the seventh spot in the lineup. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's if that's right or if he's going to get an opportunity to try to work his way uh, further further up that lineup to to a degree and give himself maybe a few more bats. Uh, I I think that'd be interesting to see in spring training what happens there if he's moving up you know above like Outman and Muncie and, and getting into middle of that lineup behind the, the the top four there that are pretty fearsome. Yeah, and that's going to be great, I think, especially when you're talking about RBI. Like the runs might be a little bit more limited, but I mean, I think you're going to be seeing his. I was going to ask you if he's going to set a career high. I guess he set a career high in 2021 with 116 ribs, but I don't think he's going to be pushing that. But it's going to be pretty, maybe like a pretty easy 100 RBI here for Tay Oscar as he's just kind of poking all those dudes home from the six, seven hole, you know? Yeah, as, as long as he keeps the strikeouts in check, like that's that's the thing. As long as he keeps the strikeouts in checks, then yeah, he's gonna he's gonna pad those those counting stats pretty well. Like it's I, I you know, I'm thinking a season of 25 homers, 100 RBIs, 250 average is mm-hmm. is very much you know right in the median for him. Yeah, I totally agree. And the other set of moves that we had happen since we last talked was Jerry Depoto just going crazy that we had the Mitch Garver signing that we discussed as DePoto pulled that one off on Christmas Eve, I believe. And DePoto does not sleep ever. He's still going strong. And that involved two trades that broke kind of right next to each other last week in terms of the bigger one 
was trading Robbie Ray to San Francisco for Mitch Haniger and Anthony Descalfani. And then the second more minor trade was trading infielder Jose Caballero to Seattle for outfielder Luke Rayleigh. And for the first trade, I think we'll start there just because we're talking to the resident Mitch Haniger lover here. I have to think that this really kind of excited you. <laughs> I was trying to think of a, <laughs> like a, I don't know. I was trying to think of like a better simile for that or something, but uh, I'm trying to keep it PG-ish here. So <laughs> uh, what do you think this does for your boy, Mitch Haniger moving to Seattle? Yeah, I, I, you're right. Like, I don't think there's a better spot for him. Like, I hate to say going back home to a degree, and maybe home was really Arizona where he first started. But, um, you know, I think that this, you know, gives Haniger uh, a, a real chance to, you know, refine himself, get healthy, and be in a better ballpark than he would have been in San Francisco like that last year was just a lost year for him. Um, and he's, uh, I have said this time and time again, against Haniger every time he's playing, he is worth it. Um, the problem is he just doesn't seem to be playing enough. And when he was playing in San Francisco, it, yeah, that ballpark was definitely hurting him. So I really like this for Haniger. You know, I think he's going to have a good chance to slot in the middle of that lineup. Um, you know, that top half of that lineup is pretty interesting. So I think that's uh, going to give him some pretty good, uh, run producing uh, opportunities and you know comparing him to who we just talked about with Teoscar you know I I'm all you know you know me I'm just I I I love Haniger uh, but Haniger is basically free and it, I would not be shocked to see him swat 25 homers score you know knock 90 in but hit 270 280 like <laughs> but he's free now Maybe the trade to Seattle gets him a little bump, but I, I don't think it's going to be that. So, uh, if you're late in for in the drafts, just looking for a guy to, that could you know jump out, its health is holding him back. So I, yeah, you're right. I love Haniger, and uh, this has got me slightly uh, back on, on the the path. Whereas San Francisco had me just a little bit scared. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think I agree that like I was totally out on Hanniger compared to you. But now that he's got a path to somewhere where he's played before, even though I think he like celebrated on Twitter when he got to leave Seattle. So it was like very... I hopefully he's okay going there and playing, but it's just a better playing time opportunity and hitting in San Francisco is just woof. It's brutal. So I know Seattle's tough, but the way that Mitch Haniger approaches the game with trying to hit it 
just hard and into the alleys. It's going to play a little bit better in Seattle than it did in San Francisco. Um, what do you think about Robbie Ray? I think I'm going to skip any Anthony Descalfani analysis here because I think he's going to be on the outside looking in at the Mariners rotation and maybe is a good pickup if that breaks differently in the spring. But Robbie Ray is going to be coming back maybe mid-season. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery that he underwent at the end of 2022. And so he's going to be pitching in San Francisco, hopefully like in July, but it's kind of unknown with the Tommy John surgery. Do you think you're going to be acquiring Robbie Ray, maybe in like dynasty leagues, trying to move in and and take advantage of that San Francisco fog for this pitcher? Yeah, this is a really tough one for me. I historically have really been out on Robbie Ray mm-hmm. um, for a number of years. Uh, really, a guy that had control issues, and you know, couldn't you know fly ball pitcher uh, pitching in the wrong places. Uh, you know, Arizona, uh, for for example, like those things were were really hurting him. And he, you know, had a, a season or two of a lot of luck, and he turned that into a pretty gosh darn good contract. Um, and I think that was you know, definitely had me scared away. I, I'm not interested in him at all for, for 2024. No interest at all. I think he's gonna, it's gonna be hard for him to get back. Uh, I think the last few years have really told us like, don't, don't rely on these guys to get back. Even if they do, they're pitching shorter innings. They gotta get worked up like any little setback. that's just completely wasted your bench spot or IL spot or whatever it is for the, for the whole season. But Dynasty leagues, I do think he's interesting as a flyer because his Achilles heel has always been the home run. It's always been the home run. He's gotten a little better in control the last few years. And if San Francisco can reduce that home run for him, then you know that really, really helps uh, Robbie Ray. So I do like him from a dynasty perspective, just picking him up. If you have the spot, it's not going to hurt you in 2024 just to see what happens. If you know, hopefully gets back from me the last month can show you a little bit of something. And then you've got, you know, a guy that you can hopefully rely on for, for the next year. So I'm intrigued. I'm not necessarily buying uh, shares uh, daily at this point. So what about you? Are you a Robbie Ray believer uh, for 24 and beyond? Uh, I don't think so. I, I've historically liked him more than you just because the strikeout upside is just so, I mean, it, it, it's been some of the best of in the league and I will take that. Like I had historically taken that chance because it was cheap. (laughs) Other people are obviously scared about what it could do to your whip. And, um, you know, there was some leagues where I actually had that great season they put together for that Cy Young. So uh, but going forward, I don't think so, just because I want to see him get back to health. And especially with a guy who has struggled with his control, like Robbie Ray, when you're coming back from Tommy John surgery, the last thing that comes back is your command on all your pitches and being able to put them where you want. Not a great mix when you're already walking a lot <laughs> of guys. So. Robbie Ray, I think, is somebody where even in dynasties, I'm not sure I'm going to be really looking to buy because at this point, I would rather try to focus on a younger pitcher, somebody who's coming through the minors that might be able to provide some sort of upside there. And then I really like the other trade that was made here. I think it's more 
interesting from a fantasy perspective, not because of Jose Caballero, because I think Jose Caballero, we can kind of set aside for AL only leagues. He's a glove first, some stolen bases sort of guy that really in most of the leagues that exist out there that aren't mono leagues, the only reason you're going to be using Caballero is if you have a gaping hole at middle infield and need a couple of stolen bases, he should get a decent amount of playing time in Tampa. But I really like this move for Luke Rayleigh, that Luke Rayleigh was kind of stuck in the Tampa Bay depth chart in a pretty strict platoon, and they were really limiting his exposure. But wow, Luke Rayleigh, I don't know if you've seen his baseball savant page, but it's so much red in terms of barrel percentage, exit velocity, and my favorite game of looking at the sprint speed percentiles, he's 87th percentile. He's got wheels. He stole 14 bases, hit 19 homers last year in only 357 at-bats, 406 plate appearances. I mean, you just kind of like add 50% to that. You're looking at a 25-20 guy with like a 250 average going super late in drafts. I think he's going to be a pretty sneaky pick for an outfielder. What do you think, Brew? Yeah, I think that the the speed's what intrigues me because I don't know why, but he doesn't. He's like the Jake Berger type of mold yeah. here like he just doesn't Six, seem four, like two, he should be... <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know give me a few a uh, few inches and a few pounds and I'm right there right but um I I think he's one of those guys you just don't expect to be fast mm-hmm. and coming from Tampa which was I hate to say it was a team that they they don't care about your fantasy stats right that mm-hmm. they're running like they seem to always move guys around like it was just not reliable. And you felt like they were always doing a little bit less uh, on some of those things than what you hope for your, your fantasy team. Um, Seattle seems to be to a degree, a little bit better for that. Like, I feel like they were more willing to let people run more willing to let people, the team, you know, players get the most out of their, their, their skills. And so I think Rayleigh is a really sneaky speed source. I think people are going to look and go, man, he, somehow eked out 14 steals or whatever. And it's just the, it was that 2023 season where everybody was figuring out these new rules. And that's why he ran so much. And I'll give it Tampa Bay uh, did, did run a lot last year, but he, I don't think they were relying on him for that. I I think in Seattle, he might get a chance to just kind of go wild. And is it out of the question for him to steal 30 bases? I don't think it is. Um, now I don't, I'm not predicting it by any means, but like for a guy that you're going to get pretty late in drafts and where speed's going to be hard to find, there's a lot of worse options than, than Luke Rayleigh. Yeah. And he should qualify at first base pretty much all leagues as he played. Let me look it up here live. He put in, you'd think I'd be able to find this quicker considering how much I'm on fangrass.com every day. But he started 25 games at first base for Tampa. So he's locked at first base all season as well as outfield that it's really sneaky to get those type of stolen bases from your corner infield. Or honestly, when you're kind of playing at the back end of the first base pool, I think Luke Rayleigh is going to be in consideration there too. That, you know, when you're in a 15 team league, first base can dry up pretty quick and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a really good use case for Luke Rayleigh being starting first baseman in lots of leagues. Um, He's going to be, I think, a very intriguing player here as we get deeper into deeper into draft season because even his steamer projection, I think 
is maybe shading him a little bit low. I mean, I guess roster resource still puts him in a platoon right now, but the lineup in Seattle is not very deep. <laughs> They're going to have to find some way to get power and speed and generate runs. And I think their best chance to do that is to play Luke really as much as they can. Yeah, and I think you look at the steamer projections, like they're just abusing Luke Rayleigh. They've got him hitting 231. I the guy's never hit <laughs> hit that low <laughs> in his life. Um, they got him stealing nine bases over hundred games. The guy stole 14 last year in 118 games. Like that that was the low mark, right? He could do more. So um I think he's one of those guys that yeah, you're gonna pick up real easily. I love the corner infield for Luke Rayleigh. I think that's where he he's gonna help win some leagues potentially, especially if he starts off well and can make sure he's not in a platoon. Then he's really really interesting. Weekly league might be the one area that I'm a little hesitant, just because mm-hmm. you don't know how that that you know platoon situation might work out. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And then we've got one more signing that happened over the past week, and that is. Harrison Bader signing with the New York Mets currently should slot in as their starting center fielder for 2024 and roster resource has them hitting in the nine hole, but these, the bottom of the Mets lineup is kind of in flux as you've got, you know, Starling Marte, DJ Stewart, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty in front of them currently. So I think there's potential here for Harrison Bader to move up the lineup in New York a little bit. And as new, the Mets have, missed out on every big free agent <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah it looks like it's probably going to be a little bit of like a reset year and i think they're just gonna as long as bader is healthy he's probably gonna run with this job all year maybe be traded at the end of the season at the at the trade deadline because he is on only a one-year deal but what do you think about harrison bader landing in new york and what are your expectations for him this is very simple I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Harrison Bader, and maybe this is the, the Cardinal fan in me for too long, that Bader's a, a low average, low counting stats, low power guy. He's, he can run. Amazing to watch. Fun defense. But he just, from a fantasy perspective, he's the kind of guy that likes to just tease you. Like, go really in a hot streak for like two, maybe three weeks, and then you think maybe he's figured something out and then just goes ice cold for like two months straight. Um, he is not the kind of guy you want to invest in, and I'm not too excited by the Mets. Uh, I just don't see like a big supporting cast around him. Like, the point, the reason that he's getting the playing time is because of the supporting cast around him is not, not too exciting. So, I am not in on Harrison Bader. I see no interests here. Um, he's fun, fun to watch. That's about it. You know, hopefully he grows out the hair. <laughs> yeah, I I was trying to tee you up because I wasn't actually expecting that to be your answer. Because as a um, Cardinals fan too, I have a soft spot for him. I like him. Um, I have a soft spot for the guy, but yeah. his profile stinks. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean I think this is going to be a decent dart throw if you're looking. I like him in like best ball leagues and NL only leagues, like super deep leagues, just because of that volume. And I don't think that he still kind of put it all together that he does show these during these streaks, his ability sometimes to hit for extra power and to be able to focus on just like putting the ball in play. I think if he stays healthy, I just, I don't maybe sometimes fully get why he gets so streaky and you you just kind of like try to envision and project on those hotter streaks and say 
man, maybe he can put some of these plate skills together and put it together for a nice season where, you know, he hits low teens homers uh, and maybe uh, all I need is like a 240, 250 average. And then, you know, 25 ish steals that I think he can really be a great backstop at the back end of really deep drafts where, you know, some people are taking like, I'm. he's actually like, he's 420th in, in drafts right now in, in the NFBC, um, like down by Jacob deGrom's going in front of him. So like, he's super free. And if you remember kind of earlier in our podcast history, when we were doing super late draft picks that I think Bader could be one of these guys that when we're coming back to review 2024, that he creeps up just because it's just a pure playing volume thing that I just don't see who's taking his job in New York anytime soon, other than his hamstring. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a very, very good point. That's uh, uh, where where he unfortunately could could uh, fall down uh, figuratively and uh, literally. But um, yeah, I, I see I see your point. Like the from a volume play, and this is probably the, one of the first times in his career where he's actually going to get that playing time. Yeah. So maybe that maybe there's a consistency thing that can pop out there. Uh, I'm just I'm not seeing it. I'm not sure I'm I'm there. But uh, there probably are worse start throws, but. Uh, at that point, in the draft. I'll take Jacob Degrom to play the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, you can't throw the ball back in. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this is going to be just a fantasy focused podcast this week, as the card world has been pretty slow this week. That you know, no major news, knock on wood, in terms of any sorts of super fractor problems or any other issues. And this is really especially the time of year when things are slow for cards because we're transitioning out of 2023 cards into 2024. So we'll get more news coming in the in the future weeks. But we wanted to also explain what we're going to be running here over the next six weeks for that fantasy portion. We are going to do divisional previews. We figured that's kind of the best way to approach it as you know we still have some major free agents hanging out there like Blake Snell and the likes, um, Josh Hader is still out there. So we figured if we approach it from a team by team view right now of we're going to go through and pick one player from each team that we would like to buy at the current value and think that, you know, there's some upside there. And then one guy that we're going to sell, you know, we don't like the draft price. We think that the skills aren't there, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to go through and do every division. It's going to be a little haphazard because a part of this segment over the next six weeks is we're going to have a guest each week. So this week's guest is Keelan Bolu from Rasball, where we also write. She does the Ambulance Chasers, and she's going to be covering the AL Central with us as a Sox fan. So we're trying to get some cross-pollination in terms of finding divisions where some of the analysts we're going to bring on have teams within those divisions. And so that'll provide a little extra insight, I think. And so brew, I'm really looking forward to this foray as we go into having other people on this podcast and branching out into our first year of scoping what the fantasy season has in store for us. So what are you going to be excited for as we get into these divisional previews? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be fun to to bring in some different perspectives. You know, you and I have uh, have played in leagues together, and, and you know, uh, have 
similar some similar perspectives on things. We're we're different at times, and we and we definitely go down there. But it'll be fun to to go through and, and really look at teams and say, okay, you know, for, for example, we're going to talk about a team here that has, I believe, four guys being drafted in standard leagues, and we're going to try to go buy sell uh, with three different folks. Uh, um, and you better believe there's going to be some overlap and some and some interesting discussions. So I think I think that's going to be fun. Uh, there's probably going to be some uh, I'm going to say arguments, uh, heated discussions, uh, disagreements, however you want to you want to see it. So I, I think it's going to be fun for us to kind of go through, and it's going to give us a chance to avoid trying to project where Blake Snell is going to sign or uh, what those impacts are going to be because they're going to be different. And it ultimately a lot of it does come down to where these guys land and what's the situation. Uh, and you know, we just covered Tay Oscar and couldn't be better uh, for him, but we probably wouldn't have talked about him other, otherwise. So it'll be fun to go through starting with uh, the, the AL Central. Uh, I don't know that there's a more uh, solidified division at this point as far as signings. Um, not much activity seeming to, to happen in that division. I'm not sure much activity happening at all. Um, and so uh, it'll be fun to, to get started and over the next few weeks here really kind of get a good cross-section preview uh, going into the season of what who we're looking for uh, and, and and where we're trying to steer away as as the ADPs start to, to solidify. Excellent recap there. I think that's a great lead-in and we will be back right after the great right after the break with Keelan Ballou from Rasball to cover the AL Central. Stick around. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Hello and welcome back, everybody. As we get into this AL Central preview now with Keelan Ballou from Razball joining us here for the first time on the podcast. Keelan, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited, I guess, even though this topic is depressing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you are not familiar with Keelan's work, she is... On Razball, she does the Ambulance Chasers column for us, the injury report, if you will. And she is also on the Casual Die Hard podcast, which you can find anywhere you find podcasts. And so she's also from Chicago and is a Sox fan. So we thought this would be a great segment to bring her on and wallow in whatever Jerry's Reindorf is doing to ruin <laughs> our lives this week, you know? A lot. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, never ending. So I like to organize divisions from and everybody gets tripped out by this when they come to my box at card shows that Brew and I do is I organize everything in my head in baseball by division and then by team name alphabetically, but the city name first. So that leaves us with the White Sox first in the AL Central. They're always like number one in the AL Central in my mind with Chicago. So, it's the only time they're number one in the AL Central, I point out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for the next few years, at least. 
yeah, the the great foreseeable future until they move to Tampa or Montreal or Nashville. Maybe Nashville. Yeah. yeah. But um, okay. Well, who wants to start with the White Sox, Keelan? I think maybe this is a good spot for you. And just to also let everybody know from the intro, obviously we explained this a little bit, but we'll explain it again for our purposes in case we've forgotten that we're going to go through each team here in the division and do one buy, if you will, and one sell, if you will, from a player that we currently like on that team at either draft price or thinking that he's not getting enough press or whatever. So it's a pretty loose format and essentially like, yeah, buy, sell, up, down, sleeper bust, if you will. So Keelan, who's your first pick from the White Sox for a buy that you're going to do? Oh, my God. Um, normally, I feel like I would have I the obvious answer here that I'm honestly still a little afraid of is Luis Robert, because I, what support does he have, really? Um, in just the past few seasons with the injuries, it's been kind of hard to watch. So I feel like he may not be as good, understandably. Um but we'll still carry the team. So I think that's like the most obvious buy. And then, oh my God, (laughs) sell is such a hard question. Like everyone, (laughs) I don't even like, I don't know. I mean, definitely the whole no pitching staff people. Um, I do remember, so this, I think, I feel like this is kind of a cheat answer, but I remember last season, um, Moncada started to have sort of a little renaissance and it was like, oh, maybe this is it. And it wasn't. So I'm curious to see if people get tricked by that again this season. Um, but my God, I honestly wouldn't get like pretty much anybody on the White Sox right now. Um Maybe there is some some change of scenery upside, I guess, with some mm-hmm. of the pitching. Um, I am kind of curious, and I don't think this is going to turn out well. I'm kind of curious to see how like Mike Soroka will do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it'll go. Um, I would like to see good things from him, obviously, especially after all of his injuries and stuff. But yeah, I don't really feel good about anybody. <laughs> That's that's okay. I I can go next, Brew, and let you kind of simmer on what we've got here going. Um, but just because I have the same in terms of Luis Robert or no one was my buy, just to let everybody know. And I was in the same boat that like um, Eloy, I think, is probably the guy that I'm selling here just because. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go back to Luis Robert a little bit in terms of when you're looking at his draft price overall. And I'm excited for this, Brew, because like... Um, we've actually got real draft data to work with now that it's not just a, a couple drafts, but the Luis Robert price I think is okay. And he just hired Scott Boris. I think he's trying to play his way out of Chicago. Yeah. And if you can get a decent amount of production from him, like last year, then I think you can see a repeat just because he hits the snow on the ball. We saw that during the home run derby. And then, yeah, my cell is Eloy just because I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah with the Eloy Menez experience and his lack of stretching. And I just don't see how you ever do get that healthy season where Luis Robert has put up the health and showed it this past year. Brew, what do you think about any of those 
collections there and come in come on in and rain on our parade yeah. for Luis Proverd if you would like. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I think it's hard when you only have four players uh, typically being drafted in a standard league yes. um, to, to really have the conversation. I think you just talked about three of the four and I'll uh, be a sell on the fourth. We haven't talked about when we get there, um, <laughs> but I, I do think uh, Lewis Robert has, has some decent value because, you know, a lot of the guys that we're trying to take really in the first and early second round, are like the combo power speed guys. And, and Robert has, has that, but he's not being drafted with some of his potential. I think part of his, there's some injury concerns with him. He just always seems to 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 be missing some time. So being in that mid third round, kind of around like that Pete Alonso, uh, Marcus Simeon, Gunnar Henderson type range, feels pretty good for like the speed that you can get. Because if you did, you know, zig when everybody else was zagging at the beginning of the draft, and you didn't get that speed, you're gonna have to pick it up very very soon. So I I do like the that Luis Robert call there. Yeah. So then, but it just with yeah. the sell. Yeah, so so I, no, that's not my buy. I'm just I'm just complimenting you guys on a wonderful pick. Um, I'm I'm gonna be very simple with my with my buy. Uh, I like Gregory Santos at the back of the bullpen. Oh, okay. Um, I think he's a uh, you know he's basically free. His ADP is like <laughs> five fifty or something like that. But he really improved uh, his his I believe it was his uh, his slider at the end of uh, between twenty two and twenty three. You know his his spin rate jumped substantially, and he was getting you know strikeout rate nearly 40% of the time on that. And he was really, it's just a question of the health. Um, and, but when it's free and probably the best, most talented uh, reliever in the bullpen, cheap saves, it's worth, it's worth a gamble. And I don't think he's going to hurt you terribly yeah. bad. Like you would somebody else late in the draft. I was actually just uh, looking him up because I remembered as we were talking last year, I was like, he was actually a pretty bright spot, um, which isn't saying much, you know, but yeah, the, the only question is, is yeah. going to make it to the season still in the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, but then for, for me, myself, Andrew Vaughn, because uh, mm-hmm. I just picked the guy that we haven't talked about of the guys being drafted. <laughs> um, it really just comes down to I, I've loved Vaughn for a few years now. I, beautiful swing, great pedigree. And at the end of the day, he just is going to be that guy that hits like 260, barely squeaks 20 home runs at first base. And there's so many other guys I'd rather have. Like, just give me a Justin Turner or like a Jose Abreu, which like, give me the old veteran that can do just the same thing. I can get it for way cheaper. So uh, I think, you know, Andrew Bonds, it's time to put up or shut up. And unfortunately, I, I think he's put up uh, at, at this point. Yeah, I totally agree there. And just in watching Andrew Vaughn too, he's a guy that, if he did make a change of scenery and moved on from the White Sox and went to an organization that actually had some sort of semblance of progression in the way that they train players and aren't using whatever corpse of a manager they can find (laughs) to like try to teach these guys how to play like Andrew Vaughn would be great for just a swing change in terms of an approach because he's spraying everything opposite field usually like he's trying to hit it into right center and he can hit like he hits it hard. And if he can get to his pole power more so and has an organization that teaches that, that becomes intriguing. But I agree with you that he's kind of in the same boat as like Eloy for me, where I just don't see Andrew Vaughn ever getting to that next level with the Sox. So I think we established there's like two guys worth maybe even considering drafting on the White Sox. Like one exactly. guy's like at the beginning of the draft and the other like in the last few rounds and 
called the day. Yeah. And then Dylan Cease for as long as he's on the Sox. Oh, sorry. I forgot he was still. <laughs> I, I've completely, he's not on the Sox as far as I'm concerned at this point. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one alphabetically is the Cleveland Guardians. So, Keelan, who are you going to buy here from the Guardians? Um, I think typically I would probably go with Shane Bieber. Um, but I've also, I like Tristan McKenzie, but I'm also worried he'll get injured again because he was quite a bit last year. Um, and you'll see that as a common theme in what I'm going to say about injuries because that's mostly what I look at. Um, so I think that's who I'd probably buy. Um, in terms of sell, geez, these guys have really gone downhill, I guess, a lot. Um, <laughs> I think we can say that about every team. That yeah. I know. Was... I w- the AL Central's like no child left behind policy. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, you're going to do bad? Then I guess we can also do bad. So, um, yeah, I know. And they haven't really done a lot either um, in this off season. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'd keep Shane Bieber, even though he's not, he's not really what he used to be. Um, maybe, maybe Austin Hedges. Um, and then sell, geez. Maybe this is because I've gotten, I, I, I guess, Scott Barlow. I don't know. Okay. There's a lot of guys on here that I'm just like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> nice. We're, we're, we're getting into setup dudes. It'll be, this will be uh, pretty deep. I think then that's right up our alley. So um, brew, what do you, what do you have from the guardians here? Well, I, I actually I love the call on, on Bieber. That was that was my second I choice on, on, on the on the buy side. Uh, I think the price has just fallen so far that it's oddly a, a buy at this point. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit further uh, down the list. I'm going to go with at least one of my uh, infatuations that always kills me, uh, Ramon Laureano, uh, going down there at ADP like 600 plus, and uh, Laureano getting out of Oakland. I think is going <laughs> to is is good for him. You know he's he was batting fifth uh, most of the time last year for for Cleveland, and you know that's a team that was top five in stolen bases. And so again, matter of health, uh, if he can stay healthy, he's got a real good shot at a twenty twenty season with a passable batting average for you know for pennies. And so I, I think he's the kind of guy that I'm going to pick, be picking up late in drafts, hoping that he catches fire, stays healthy for a few months, and when it doesn't, we'll cast him off. But I, I think when I look at that lineup, he's at least going to have good all-around counting stats. So, yeah, give me, give me Loriano. And then from a bust perspective, um, I'm out on Gavin Williams. I look at kind of where he's going to draft walking four guys per nine. There's only, I think, five guys that qualified last year for the you know, ERA title that walked that many. Blake Snell actually was one, was one of them, but that shows you the volatility in those types of guys. And so I just, that's not the kind of profile that I really want to invest in uh, at the point in the draft he's going. I mean, I'd rather have Shane Bieber who's going 20 picks later than them uh, at that mm-hmm. point. There's other guys, Michael King, right in that same range. There's so much more upside 
feel like Gavin Williams has kind of capped his and and he's never been a control guy and he didn't show it last year. He just had some luck. So um I'm I'm out in Gavin Williams. All right. So, yeah. Cooley, yeah. what about you? I, we I'm impressed this right off the uh the bat here, I guess, with um I'm not right off the bat, second off the bat with the second team. We've got all different ones because I had different buys and sells. So for me, my buy is at his current price. We touched on him a little bit last week when Mitch Garver signed with the Mariners, and that's Bo Naylor, who's going in consideration for like a 12th catcher. And a lot of it is just because like if you're looking at Bo Naylor's total season line from last year, it was a slash line of 237, 339, 470, which really hides the fact that he tore the cover off the ball for the second half that his first half of the season was extremely poor. And you could tell that he just wasn't comfortable getting into the league. The first half WRC plus came in at 58 and the second half came in at 145. And you can just see across the board, he got better at walking. He got better at striking out less. He got better at hitting the ball hard. And so I think Bo Naylor could be a very sneaky pick if you're looking for a catcher and um, just a one catcher league or especially I love him in two catcher leagues to be able to sneak him maybe as like the 10th catcher off the board just to capture a little bit of that upside and then come back maybe with a more solid veteran for my second catcher. And for the sell side, I'm going with Emmanuel Classe. Um, the strikeout rate really dropped off a cliff last year that he's below 8K per nine. He blew so many saves down the stretch that like he he had ultimately 40 plus saves and gave you what you were looking for from that perspective. But the blown saves were brutal and really cost the, the Guardians along with all of Giolito's gopher balls that he gave up. <laughs> That's what cost <laughs> the Guardians a chance at a playoff spot was Emmanuel Class A blowing those saves. And so he's going right now as a top five closer and you just wonder how long that can last because he's maybe lost a slight tick on his fastball but i think it's also just become really predictable last year he was throwing you know over 65 percent of those like cutter fastballs and i think people have timed it up now and can kind of see it yeah i, I was definitely uh, class a he was my initial just off the cuff without looking anything he was my my cell uh, for for certain. I, I looked at him and I'm like, well, he still <laughs> looks like he's gonna be a, relatively in the closer run- landscape. Still interesting enough. Uh, I'm probably not gonna be buying him at that point, but he still looks like there's not the wheels aren't gonna completely fall off. Uh, but I, I I'm right there with you. He's not. If I'm investing that top tier, he's probably the one I'm steering away from. Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, this is a little bit better situation than the White Sox. So I think we have a little bit more of a chance to discuss about, you know, other guys we were considering. So Keelan, Brew, anybody that you were also considering here? Keelan, we'll start with you, maybe. Yeah, I also was looking, uh, wait, are we talking about for sell or buy or either one? Uh, either one, I guess. If you, I was thinking more buy, but you can pick either one. Yeah, so let me see. I have to look at everybody's. I do... I agree with the Bo Naylor pick. Um, I remember specifically for the White Sox last year, he was a bit of a terror, <laughs> which was terrible for us, but um, for buying. And 
I kind of agree also with the uh, manual class A pick for selling as well. Yeah, I think the only other place that, that I, I look in, I know, uh, Mike, I'm not going to steal one of, yours, uh, one of your other buys that you're, we talked about just last week. I'll let you do that one. Yeah. Uh, but the other one that kind of worries me, I think Stephen Kwan just gets a little too much love uh, just because he's yeah. fun to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and he just he doesn't fill up the stat sheet. That, I mean, he's fun. He's a good ball player. He's one of those, those you know, official better real world ball players than fantasy players. And there's nothing wrong with that. He just, he gets uh, a lot of extra helium because of that. And so generally I'm just out on, on Quan. He hurts you more than he helps. I agree. Yeah. Cooley, what, what about you? Let's, let's hear it now. I know, I know, yeah. I know where you're going for one of your other potential buys this is, way yeah, down the chart. I, I had to get him Estevan Florial. We talked about him yep, last week it. getting traded here and, he put up really bonkers AAA numbers, and he put up a 2020 season there last year in Scranton, Wilkes Bar or Bari. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not from the East Coast. Yeah, what is is the E silent? I don't. Yeah, Somebody it's either said. super pronounced or very silent. Bari, <laughs> Bari. Our Midwest here is not helping at all. No, <laughs> and we're we've offended the the East Coast at this point. Yeah, I was impressed that Keelan, you had a little bit of a tongue roll there. I can't do that. <laughs> Just making it exciting for them. You yeah. Know? And so Esteban Florial, I think, is a guy to watch here as things develop in Cleveland. That I'm gonna keep bringing him up. I think all draft season, and it'll be great because I also have him holstered for the first few waiver wires. You know. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to go on to the Detroit Tigers now who are starting to maybe turn a corner and finding a little bit more footing. I think they're going to be a bit of like a sexy wildcard pick and maybe even AL Central pick for some people as the pitching's really rounding into form and they're adding a few bats like Mark Canha and stuff this offseason. So Keelan, where are you going to go and buy from this Tigers team for your fantasy team? Yeah, um, hopefully I'm not stealing everybody else's but um i really like riley green i at first didn't like or was mad last season that i didn't get him but then uh you know he got injured so that was i think he'll he'll be on the upswing after that so i think that's off, like a pretty obvious bright spot in their roster um so definitely a big buy for me there um if you'd like me to go on to my sell yeah, sure. We'll just do it all in one chunk again. Cool. Um, even though he just got there, I still i I want Jack Flaherty to do well, but I'm just I don't see it, um, which sucks because I, as a person, I like him, but I don't feel good about it. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. And I guess a, a backup by I also want to mention. Last year that was kind of interesting was uh, Will Vest. Um, I think he, you know, he got kind of, he, nobody really knows his name. So I feel like he'll probably be available. Um, I mean, fantasy nerds will probably a little bit more than other people, but um, he was interesting to watch last year and, you know, ended up finishing uh, pretty strong. So I think, you know, th those would be some good ones and some bad ones. Yeah, no, I think that's a great call, especially given that the closer situation in Detroit should be pretty fluid as Alex Lang is a little shaky here and there. And Jason Foley was always stepping in and out of that role. So I think that's a great call with Will Vest. Brew, what are you buying and selling here in Detroit? 
Well, I actually, I actually like, I mean, there's a lot of buys for me in the Detroit lineup, which I was surprised as I was looking at it. I'm like, yeah, I like this guy, I like that guy. So there's a lot to talk about, but probably one of my favorite uh, buys just in general uh, it, this year is Kerry Carpenter. Uh, really like Kerry Carpenter. Great profile. Uh, looks to continue to be the, the cleanup hitter, at least in, in the middle of that lineup from a production standpoint. 25 homers is really not out of the question. 260, maybe a little more on the on the hitter perspective. And all it's going to take is a little bit more adjustment in the launch angle to unlock a little bit more power. Uh, and I think it think it's potentially there, still trying to figure things out. But for a guy that's going in like the Jonathan India, Dalton Varsho, Stephen Kwan type area that has kind of breakout potential, I mean, that's all day. Uh, give, give me a guy like that when we're getting the mid-teens rounds for, for drafting. So love Kerry Carpenter at the, at the price. I'm going to have a ton of shares of Kerry Carpenter where it's not already a keeper league. I've already tried to acquire and failed in most of those attempts. So um, from a bust perspective, uh, Reese Olsen. Reese Olsen is going way too high for my liking. Um, control concerns. He had baby pluck. You know, he had uh, another other things. You got generally not the winds aren't necessarily going to come necessarily in Detroit as easily uh, as others. And there's just a lot of other good arms going in that same range. He's got an ADP in the two seventies right now. And I like guys like I look like Nick Lodolo at that range, slightly interesting, like Taj Bradley, Emmett Sheehan. I think there's a lot of other guys that just have more upside and uh, a higher floor than, than Reese Olsen. So I'm I'm stay, staying away from Reese Olsen, but pretty much everybody else on the Tigers for me is is uh, generally going to be a buy. All right. Well, I'm excited for this because I was hoping this would happen. We're going to go ahead, uh, head to head because Reese Olsen's my buy. I love Reese Olsen. Um, <laughs> oh, I, you're ooh, wrong, but it's okay. Spicy. Yeah, I know. I know the control <laughs> is an issue as he like he walked 5.4 per nine down in triple a last year but he reduced that to 2.8 walks per nine when he was up with the tigers and a little bit is that it's tough to evaluate reese olsen right off the numbers because you got to watch him pitch his stuff moves so much and he's got this really great slot where he's throwing his sinker and his slider out of it and maybe again, this is, I was just like watching him pitch against the White Sox and it was like, you know, putting him against a double A squad or something, but it, they break so much and they look so good out of the hand that it reminds me a little bit of like a right-handed Blake Snell where Blake Snell never throws it in the strike zones. Blake Snell relies on guys swinging over the top of his changeups and sliders because it, the break is so nasty. You can't quite read it out of the hand that Reese Olsen has that potential. And so it's a little bit of like me trying to project on his arsenal in what he's got and saying that, you know, this is a really great just set of pitches that he's working with that I think that's why I'm buying him. And a little bit of it is that out of the group of the guys that you were talking about, like Lodolo and some of those others, like I would prefer Reese Olsen because I just like these aspects of him. He's been healthy. Um, he just, he's got a huge track record of strikeouts throughout the minor leagues, because I think those guys were chasing his stuff. And so it's just trying to hone that he's young and this is a organization that is up and coming and hopefully he can learn something from those people around him in Detroit and be able to put it together. 
Yeah, I think there's the Greg Maddox in me. It just can't mm-hmm. can't stomach the the worry of the control and, and and that. But I actually like your Blake Snell argument because that it's kind of the the reason I'm a little worried about him is that Snell has the upside, but the downside. I think a lot of folks are probably going to be scared uh, of what he brings next year. Can he maintain what he did? So um, it's Reese Olson's uh, going to be a dynamic discussion for a lot of folks at the draft table this year. It looks like. Yeah. And I think especially with the guys that you were comparing him to, like, this is the one guy that if there was a collection, he's going like 264th right now in drafts from NFBC since the beginning of December. Um, he's the one guy from like that collection of pitchers around there that you could see popping a 10 or 11 K9 um, and being able to put up just like a solid amount of strikeouts for you that it, it's a hard group to shop for strikeouts down here. And then my cell is, it's actually kind of the opposite end. It's Tariq Skubal. Just, I love him. I do love him. He's a great pitcher and he was really fun to watch, but that is a lot of risk to like be throwing a third round pick at that. I think I learned a lot of lessons from Jacob DeGrom last year and chasing guys like this is, it's so tantalizing and I'm sure there's going to be leagues that like I just don't do well in because maybe there is a world where Tweak Scoople puts up 160 innings, but it's hard to envision that, that I would rather go with something a little more solid around Tweak Scoople's price. And I just can't get behind someone with as short of a track record as Scoople has at that price. Okay. Uh, we will move on to the Kansas city Royals then, which, um, Honestly, there's another dark horse here for the division um, that like they've been actually making moves. So that's actually brought some excitement to the AL Central as they've added pitchers like Michael Waka and Seth Lugo and the hitters are coming around. So Keelan, I mean, usually I'm bummed to watch the Royals at Sox games, but I'll be more excited this year. Yeah, no, it is. It's kind of like upside down world this year. I feel like, uh, Maybe not so much with Detroit, but with uh, Kansas City, it is a bit like, oh, no, for a, as a White Sox fan. But in general for baseball, it's super interesting. Um, yeah, so I think <laughs> I think in terms of – sorry, I forgot Earl, this Chapman was on here. Um, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to consider him. Um, so – I think for in terms of buying, um, eh, maybe like I don't. But I'm gonna say Bobby Witt Jr. is the obvious answer, but I don't know that I would even get him. Uh, maybe it looks like uh, Freddie Fairman might be somebody that I would go with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think in terms of my sell. Um, I'm. How is Zach Greenkey not retired yet? <laughs> When's he gonna go? <laughs> God bless. He, he still him. hasn't resigned either, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah, I won't either. But I'm like, good God, man, go. Um, <laughs> it's time to go. Okay, that's not my real pick though. I just saw his name on here too, and I was like, oh my God. Um, maybe. And I think I spoke a little bit about him last year. Sometimes in the injuries is maybe like, oh, you could pick him up. But I don't think I would this year. And that's uh, Ryan Yarbrough. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so I want to revisit the Bobby Witt Jr. a little bit. I guess with that, I mean, he's going to be going super high in drafts, probably what third, fourth off the board. I mean, are are you considering maybe taking him second right behind Acuna in drafts? I don't think I would, honestly. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think there's probably going to be a little more upside for him this year, but I don't. I still don't think. I think there's other people I would pick before him. And actually, I should have refreshed my priors on this because Bobby Wood Jr. is now going second on the FBC data since December. I thought it was still Julio and Corbin and Mookie kind of in there. So I wasn't even asking that bold of a question. So um I don't think I'm going to ask you if you're going to take Bobby Witt Jr. first, but if you want to make that stance here, I will let you. I, I, I still want to know because I'm looking at the NFBC data and somebody did take him number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, the draft, some, uh, I don't think so. I I'm wouldn't pretty buy... sure Cunha yeah. still, is still better there. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be a little too high, but still, like, it, it's still a pretty safe choice. Um, I also forgot, too, about uh, Cole... I never know how to say his last name. If it's Raggins or Reagans, um, I think it's Reagans. This season last year, I've been, I've been yeah. going with Reagans, but I, I'm also yeah. on this podcast notoriously terrible with names, and so uh, whatever Cooley says is right. Yeah, we'll go along <laughs> with that. He was also one last year that um, I quite frequently went to as a uh, suggestion to replace all the pitchers that are constantly injured. Yes, and he did pretty good. I agree. Yeah, he was great. And I know Brew that like he's one of your guys. So is he going to be involved in the mix here for you? Well, I do. I do love me some Cole Reagans, but but there's somebody I like more. Uh, and talking about tongue twister names, uh, uh, Vinny Pasquantino mm-hmm. is uh, oh. is where I'm going with this one. Uh, he was a hot name last year. Injuries kind of derailed him, but I I think that's holding the price down. Uh, you know, he's he he's a guy that walks as much as he strikes out. He's got 30 homer power, should be in the, you know right behind Wit in that lineup for the most part, and he's going to DH on the days when he's not in the in the field. So he's going to get plenty of at bats. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch on my comp here that I I feel like Vinny's a a, a young Joey Votto comp to a degree with the patience at the plate. You know that left-handed swing. I kind of like that view. Can he blossom into what Votto was? I, I don't know. But he seems that he has a lot of the tools uh, to, to make that possible. And you know, really the thing that's going to, I think, hold him back is are the Royals going to get enough times through the lineup to give enough bats to stack up the runs and the RBIs? But I, I really, really like Vinny uh, for, for this year, and I think his draft price is going to be held down. I mean, he's going... You know, off the board after like Gandhi Diaz, Josh Naylor, Alec Bohm, like there's 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 a lot of upside uh, at that point for for him in the you know late. I think he's like one seventy, one eighty, ADP. Wow. Yeah, he's going down by Riley Green, so they're kind of going right next to each other right now in NFBC data. Wow. Yeah. So I I, I, lo- I love me from some Benny, and I'm intentionally not trying to pronounce his last name because I'm terrible with those. Um, but for my cell, I'm just literally taking the entire bullpen uh, for the Royals. <laughs> uh, Will Smith, James MacArthur, like, it doesn't really matter. I don't think there's anybody that you should be buying in that bullpen. Um, even though 
to as we topped this off, I think there were some you know potential wins out there and should be some save chances. I just don't have any uh, solace that even if you get the saves, it's worth the the pain uh, to to obtain them. Yeah, no, I yeah. think I, I think that's a great like point that James MacArthur's been was solid down the stretch, but he's like a twenty seven year old rookie that you just don't know how long that's gonna work. Uh, yeah, for me, for the Royals, my buy is a guy who I think a little bit like Bo Naylor, who I was talking about earlier, he down the stretch put up some really great numbers throughout September and August. And that's Nelson Velasquez, uh, outfielder slash DH that this is the type of guy that I fall for a lot where he just swings from his heels and is just out there having a great time. He, you know, he only hit 235, and but he popped 17 homers in the 53 games they played last year. So that's pretty easy breezy, like 40 home run power when he's getting the ball in the strike zone. So let me see where he's going right now in drafts. But I mean, when you're looking for a late power option, it doesn't get much better than Velasquez. And yeah, other outfielders going around him are this is. Max Kepler, Chris Bryant. He's going in front of Chris Bryant, actually, which uh, is kind of <sighs> bananas. I don't think that says anything about Velasquez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Brian De La Cruz, um, Sal Fralick. So wow. you're talking about guys with like warts and playing time issues down here that I like Nelson Velasquez as like a, just a sneaky, maybe like 35 home runs there at the end of draft. If you can. If you've especially set yourself up where you can take a little bit of that batting average risk, I don't know if you're going to find a better power option late in the outfield than Nelson Velasquez this year. And then for my cell, um, yeah, this is uh, it's just like Scooble, actually. It's, it's Cole Reagan's that the price. The, the We're price gonna fight. Is, yeah, I love Reagan's. <laughs> I do. I do, too. But he's had two Tommy John surgeries. Um he faded down the stretch last year that it just, it started falling apart a little bit at the end of the season. And I, he's going 110th right now. Like he's going right next to say a Suzuki in drafts, but other pitchers in his range are Justin Steele, Walker Bueller, Dylan Cease, Joe Musgrove. I'm going to take those other guys around Cole Reagan's just because honestly, it'll probably give me more wins. And I just want, that extra assurance of somebody who's kind of shown it for more than a two month stretch. Yeah. I think the, the, the argument I'm going to make here is exact same one (laughs) that you just (laughs) made um, for uh, the, the prior discussion. Um, I'm forgetting who we were just talking about a second ago Um, for Velasquez. uh, No, not for Velasquez for, for Reese Olson. I don't want to think of Reese Olson's name. Um, The, the eye test. As, as you watch Reagan's pitch, uh, again, things are moving. Besides, like, the one start he had in Toronto where he fell off the mound, like, three times. Um, yeah. He, he, like, his stuff was absolutely nasty. It was, and, and it wasn't like, you could you knew he was throwing, and it still wasn't impossible to hit. Like, he really unleashed a, a, a new uh, level when he, he came over to, to Kansas City. So, um, I think it's, the, to me, is that, again, it's that eye test, which is the same thing you were seeing with Olsen. Uh, it looks like he just has some amazing stuff that he's now really figured out. So okay. we'll we'll battle at this one at the draft table. Yeah, let's fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can, yeah. Can this conversation. 
this is probably good. We probably agree too much anyway. So it's good to get a little conflict going. You know, it's what Agreed. it's what brings in the, the listeners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to move on to the Minnesota Twins. So you, champions. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and alphabetically last with the M, which is really weird. But Minnesota Twins, Keelan, who's your buy? Who's yourself? My buy, I think, is, and I had to think about it a little bit because I was like, I got so excited last year about Edward, I don't know, is it Julian? Mm -hmm. I need to look up a pronunciation guide before we come here, obviously. I was super excited and I still am excited about him, um, but I think a lot of people are. Um, So I would probably look more at um, Ryan Jeffers a little bit this season. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he has, he's gone up a little since last season because he kind of broke out, but um, I'm hopeful. Maybe this is like, this is what happens. I'm like excited about one guy and then I'm like, no, this one here. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he does. If, if that does carry over his performance at the end of the year, last year carries over. Um, I actually don't know how I feel well, I do know how I feel because I'm going to tell you how I feel. I feel like in terms of a, a sell, um, I don't, I don't feel good about uh, Carlos Correa. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of going to be on the downswing here even more. Um, he hasn't had done that much since he's been there in general. Um, so I would honestly, I would just avoid him completely unless it was like way deep in a draft. Um, maybe that's my bias though for the Houston Astros, but. Yeah, I him specifically I would sell. Yeah, no, I think that's very much fair and I think those I love your Ryan Jeffers pick that that's a great late catcher where I mean, it's tough to find that kind of power and he he's almost like a mini Mitch Garver and Brew and I love us some Mitch Garver. Absolutely love Mitch Garver, um <laughs> but I can't pick him for the Twins. So <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, Mike, you probably know where I'm going here, and, I, and it hurts me because uh, I have to replace uh, one of my fantasy infatuations of the Twins, who has been Sonny Gray for, for some time. Yep. So my new Sonny Gray on the Twins is Bailey Ober. Mm-hmm. I love Bailey Ober. Um, guy that for the last three years, like he hasn't walked more than two per nine. Uh, he's like a incredible control artist the twins have just shuttled him between triple a and minnesota like needlessly i have no idea why he's pitching better than like half that staff but that's keeping like the price down to a degree so he should be striking out you know uh, you know a guy per inning um and his stuff has gotten better each each year and if you look at his uh baseball savant page it's like blood red it's like his stuff is good uh and it, you know I'm over-exaggerating a little because I just love Bailey Ober, but I think he's going to be one of those guys, I think, going <laughs> off the board like the in the mid-40s for starting pitchers. There seems to be a lot that uh, lot that you can have and the value at that point in time. So I, I like uh, Bailey Ober here. All right. For me yeah, on the sell – so on the sell side, mm-hmm. um, we talked about it. Uh, Julian? Julian, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, should have looked that up earlier, but didn't. Um, I'm getting Keston Hero vibes from the Brewers. Uh, high strikeout rate, good bay bip, terrible defense. Um, I'm just getting those uh, those those vibes, and so uh, that's more gut than 
numbers than that, really, but that's what I, I think that he got so much helium. People are like are looking at the potential, and that's what happened with Hira, and you kind of ignored some of the red flags. And so I think he's gonna, like, I think he's still interesting, but where he's gonna go, like, you've taken the the, the profit out. Um, in yeah. Those early two hundred ADP. Yeah, I feel like he's not. I've seen so much hype about him, and I feel like you're exactly right because I'm like, did we watch the same? games last season um and i mean he was awesome and i want him to do well but yeah I'm, I'm also kind of like i don't really see what others are seeing in terms of buying at some level um for him right now but yeah, i see everybody absolutely. else looking at him so. yeah everybody's talking about him i'm just like yeah. well he's gonna get if he keeps going up draft boards i'm like i'm scared where he's at so yeah uh, that'll be an easy pass for me so yeah, Mike, how about you? I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And so for my buy, I'm going to go with Willie Castro, utility player. So especially just for his price, it's great stolen bases late, but it's also non-zero power. You know, he hit for uh, 154 ISO last year, which shows that he's got a little bit of pop compared to, you know, some of the guys that you're looking at late in drafts. But in his 409 plate appearances, he had nine homers last year. So I know brew we've lamented over the past few pods about not having like a Rajai Davis guy. And I think that's what Willie Castro can bring while also giving you eligibilities at shortstop third base outfield. And even though he's currently on the bench on the twins depth chart right now, I'm not counting on Byron Buxton getting, you know, 150 games in and, you know, Willie Castro's got the the skill set to be able to plug in anywhere, anytime, or if Julian struggles, they can slot him in right at second base. So I'm buying Willie, Cat- Willie Castro for where he's going at in drafts. I really thought you were going to say you were going to get 150 innings on Buxton. <laughs> <laughs> you might. That's, yeah. What's, uh, That's where the over-under is innings. It's not a games <laughs> thing here. <laughs> like yeah what 20 games just under 20 games 16 games so yeah maybe (laughs) feels about right i'm Um, curious uh what you guys think about royce lewis this year i'm torn because i was considering him here for my cell but i do like him like he's his power is legit i i think he's a legit hitter it is like i just don't it is a little scary when somebody's had two acl injuries and has been out at that long but i know the guy can hit and so if they can give him days off especially when maybe buxton's on the il and they can dh him that's great but um i don't know in drafts i think i probably won't end up with too many shares just because he's going so high yeah Yeah, i i I was so mad last year when he went on his tear like you could see all the signs there that he was going to just be an absolute beast i'm like yep I'm owning him everywhere in 2024. I'm loving this. And then he went on his like grand slam tour and just decided to make everybody aware of what he, he could do. So I think it's the same thing that the ADP is just like, man, is, is the profit, is there much profit left uh, for, for a guy that just likes to slug and doesn't run? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I also saw people. Yeah. Buying him quite a bit. And I was like, I don't trust it. <laughs> Yeah, not not that level. It's it, yeah. It, wait, like another thirty picks, I'd be all over it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, um, but yeah, my actual sell guy was Joe Ryan, just because it's 
I just don't see it in the steamer projections. They've got him for so many strikeouts and he's a solid pitcher, but he's also got a very slow fastball and it's very straight. And you just worry with guys like that. And brew to your point, Joe Ryan is um, not a ground ball pitcher. And that like, it really shocked me when I was doing, looking into his page for this pod that I was just blown away by the fact that he is, giving up so many ground balls and Fangraphs is uh, stalling out for me a little bit, but I'll give it to you. He's only a a 31% ground ball rate. So that's dangerous when you're talking about having a bad fastball and just what people can do with that and tee off on it. So I think that was a career high, career high for him. If I, if I recall, it was, (laughs) that was actually improving uh, on the ground ball rate there. So, yeah, so we'll see where Joe Ryan ends up because it, it, it's sad. I do like watching him pitch, but it's it's tough to pull the trigger on investing in him. So, um, yeah, I guess overall we'll give our picks here to who we think is going to actually win this division. That This is going to be, I think, when we get through all of these kind of previews here over the next month or so, this might be the one division where every team kind of has a chance that like even the White Sox have a very, very outside chance just because they're way more optimistic than I am about it. Oh, that's I'm just mostly down on the other teams, but (laughs) you you can there's a path, you know. Yeah. So Keelan, who are you picking to win this division? I think if they can stay healthy, specifically the pitchers, I think Detroit has a really good chance. That may be wishful thinking um, just because I'm like something different. Uh, but I think, you know, they've actually made some moves and have some legitimate, some legitimate folks they've added. So, um, yeah, I think as long as, you know, they've had a kind of a series of pitchers in and out with Tommy John. So I think if they can avoid that more, um, then yeah, maybe they'll be all right. Yeah. I think that's a great pick brew. Who are you going to take? Yeah, I, I was I was between Detroit and the the Minnesota Twins. I'm going to go with the Twins. I just think that their depth is is going to carry them. Um, I, I I like the, the they're pitching a little bit more, but it's kind of like one of those like picking the 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 best of the worst type things. Like I, I had to go to the bottom up and, and be like, well, the White Sox aren't going to do it. I don't think the Royals are going to do it. like. I just they were the process of elimination. They were the, they were the one left at the end of the assessment here. So I do think anybody except for the White Sox could win this division. Um, and I, I'll go with the Twins, but it's it's with uh, reservations for sure. Yeah, I I think I'm actually going to pick Cleveland here. That I think that the pitching rounds into form. That you know they have Bieber. If they get a solid season out of Bieber, you know you've got Bybee there, Gavin Williams even if we're down on them for fantasy reasons, like that's a solid real life pitcher. And, you know, I think if they can especially find one guy from their system to kind of pop in terms of maybe, I don't think it's going to be George Valera, but like, you know, John Z Noel is, I think that's how you pronounce it, but I'm not totally sure. It's, he's got a huge amount of power that, you know, you could see an MVP season of Jose Ramirez that I'm going to go with Cleveland here. Wow, we all pick different ones. I don't yeah, think, I think that's, that's going to happen. The rest of this, the rest of the series, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, <laughs> no, start starting with the AL Central was uh, bound to to make this interesting. Exactly. So, Keelan, thanks again for joining us here. That we really appreciate you 
joining the first of this series and also being like the first guinea pig for like uh, having three people on this panel. So it's um, great to have you on. And so can you remind everybody where they can find you if they want to reach out and connect with you on socials or connect with you on Rasball? Yeah. So um, I actually am forgetting all of my <laughs> social handles right now because I had to restart my Twitter. Um, I am on Blue Sky at Keelan12FT, Keelan12Foot. Um, and then you will see me very soon, I think starting next week, well, the week of January 15th, depending on when you're listening to this, um, I'll start up the Ambulance Chasers, the injury report. Um, I think it'll come out next, not this upcoming Saturday, but the next Saturday. Um, and then, yes, I am a part of Casual Die Hard. You can just probably search the name and it'll come up um, where I talk about college football right now, but sometimes I'll talk about uh, NFL and baseball. Excellent. Thank you yeah. guys for having me. This was fun, even though it was also kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we're here for. That's what this pod wants. It's a to support group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we were referencing the, the, the vision, right? Not just the pod, but it, I mean. Either, no, no. Either. Yeah, this, this was fun. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have fun in games. Ugh, just don't have any hopes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And Brew, remind everybody where they can find you. Yep, find me over at Twitter, uh, jbrewer17. Uh, and you can also find me uh, just trailing Keelan here on the weekends. Find me on, on Sundays and Razzball, you know, just about a week and a half from kicking up on the hitter profiles, uh, getting to the top 100 hitters as we get closer to the season. Uh, so I'm sure if there's a few names that we've just talked about that we'll be making appearances uh, early, early in the offseason as we get going here. So feel free to reach out. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, exactly. And then you can find the podcast on Twitter slash X at cards categories, and you can email the pod at cards categories at gmail.com. Another reminder that uh, we still have swag going. So I'm actually talking right here to two of the, of the merchandise owners from our shop where you can find the link in the pod details. Uh, Keelan, what do you have to say about the cards and categories merchandise? Oh, it's great. I just used my coffee cup for the first time the other day. It's a very solid coffee cup, and it went through the wash just fine. Um, The colors on the hat are awesome. I actually needed a new beanie, um, so it looks great. And I love that it's, like, different because nobody else – not many people are going to have your hat yet. Hopefully a lot of people will soon. Um, But it's super comfortable. kept my head warm, so good job. You guys did good. Nice. Yeah, that's – the ringing endorsement that my dad had for the dad hat is that it's pretty comfortable. So, um, Jeremy, I, yeah, exactly. Jeremy, I know I hooked you up with one. What did you think of the dad hat? Yeah. Loving the dad hat. <laughs> um, like leaning right into, uh, the, being the dad, uh, my, my three kids, uh, already enjoy it. And it's also been stolen already. So, um, wow. it, it will, it will find its way back. I'm sure, uh, to, to the pod soon. Um, uh, granted you don't really get to see us in the pod. So just trust that I'm wearing it now and we'll be good. <laughs> <to you. laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter slash X at mcool seven. Same thing for blue sky. You can find me at mcool seven and yeah, I will be, doing the waiver wires again on Razzball, but obviously need the season to start for that. So I'm still a few months off and then I'll be running right after Keelan on Saturday. So it'll be a great weekend hanging out with us on Razzball. If you want to all season long, you can also check out the website that we've got subscriptions up and going now. So all of the draft tools are 
up and running from Rudy and including draft rooms, projections, all sorts of different information as we've got rankings, prospect reviews. It's really prime time for fantasy baseball. So we look forward to getting through this 2024 season with everybody. And Keelan, once again, thanks for joining us. And hopefully we can have you on again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that's going to wrap us up this week for the pod. So we'll catch you here next time. Same place, same time next week. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 